there's a, like shame around it for you? Oh, or? totally. Yeah, I, it's like a thing that I I quit and pick up every so often. Okay. So it's like in my head, I'm like, it's not been a decade. It's like I stopped a while and then I started again recently, and it's like, no, but it's been a decade. You can tell her. You can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where I get comedians to confess something they want to get off their chest. Very excited. I'm staring so intensely at no, my, I love it. my this guess is, right now. It's priming me for <laughs> so like, okay, intensely. this is vulnerable. I Just know. say it's it. Say it. I don't know why it makes a difference when there's like a table and a, and a mic in front of you that's not like in your hands, but yeah. I, it really does feel like I'm, I'm grilling you and I apologize. <laughs> but my guest today, I'm very excited to have on. Um, he uh, has a podcast that's very, very popular called The Gilmore Guys, has written for The Good Place, The Late Late Show, and personal favorite has uh, the series of September videos. If you haven't seen it, go to his Instagram and check them out. They're amazing. It's Demi Adijuibay. What's up? Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I uh, it, The weather keeps changing in a way that I don't like, where I'm like, just I want to commit to being cold. You're very like fall right now i like it's like very it's like magazine fall the thing is like as soon as it dips below like 68 i am just kind of like great it's long mm-hmm. coat season and then it'll like start wavering between like 68 and 75 and i'm just like i it's commit a, yeah. either way and i'm like i'm wearing my sweaters i got my long coats out and so i just i want it to get cold again or i'll have to go somewhere for the <laughs> winter just so i can wear the long coats it is like the, i do miss the fashion of fall yeah. I, I will say like i don't like being cold but i, I know what you mean about the commitment yeah well so it's like here you know inside it's always too hot and then i go outside it's too cold yeah um very riveting actually i do think we used to think weather was boring but honestly it's like the number one crisis com- it's like confronting the of world right now totally like global and it's also like i think stuff. people use it as like a, a a thing that like as a punchline for how boring small talk can be but i'm like it's universal yeah. we're all experiencing and weather before it's, we took it for granted and now yeah. it's like well we might not have weather in right the now we all hate the heat yeah uh well, did you grow up on the east coast is that why you're no cold? i grew up uh in texas so is that why you're cold i meant like that was like sh- is that why you're so uh, cold? <laughs> huh? You got the New York like, spirit? You, know, you don't talk so to anybody. English wasn't my first language, and sometimes I people forget that, and they should, because I'm pretty good at English. But sometimes my brain will, like, short... Like, it would just say patterns. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm like, yeah. is that why you're cold? But, like, it's like, is that why you... Like I w- <laughs> like the cold? Because you know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't... Yeah. It's Communicating is just about understand like i don't care if i say we're the right pretty words. close to getting to like just having telepathy i think absolutely you know just you sort of go just blah, 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 blah. by just just going for it just yeah mu- get rid of yeah. words all visual cues in the face um, um but i interrupt you you're, you're from texas okay. yeah which i think is why i like the cold because mm. i feel like texas is like california so hot so much of the year yeah. that whenever it is cold i was like whoa this is a big deal. Like exci- I distinctly remember event. snow days and feeling like, okay, this is, I have like dopamine attached mm. to like when it's cold, I feel good. I don't go to school. My friends and I go sledding or something. So I like that you said, um, dopamine attached because I actually, we probably have had like, we've talked a little bit about, um, our philosophy of life on, on before, but I, yes. I have, my hunch is that 
you you have this thought and I'm like oh yeah yes well just the idea of like programming your I don't know if I should say programming I like to say programming I don't know if that's how you think but I think more just like going towards things you like but in an intentional way yeah I feel like you like based on your work I see that a lot like just like going towards things that are exciting and delightful to you and then creating new neural patterns totally have you ever thought like intentionally like that because when you said when you said dopamine I I thought that maybe that's something you're actively doing but I, or I might be projecting that. Out no, I think, I mean, it's probably something I'm subconsciously doing, but I do feel like there are a lot of things in my life where I, I actively am like, like sort of sitting in the negative or like the like mm. cynical scares me in a way and makes me just feel like, like I feel like a lot of times, especially just being in comedy, you're surrounded yeah. by so many people who are just like by nature cynical and have like hot takes on everything. And it makes me just feel like weird and like, unsafe almost in a way because i'm just like oh what do you say about me when i'm gone and so i think because of that i very often like try to lean towards like happy and like the things that make me feel good and like just being like i want to talk about the things that i like instead of being like this thing sucks right all the time which is very much like a defense mechanism but i think it's something that i do because i'm like no it's easier and it's welcoming and it's like happy and nice to just lean in that direction but that's nice. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I feel like in the first couple of years of doing stand, it was a lot more just self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And in some ways that grew out of, it's like you develop your sense, not you, but one develops their sense of humor from like coping a little bit. But oh, yeah. then once you find your people and it's comedians and then we're like, well, now we're all just sad. And then it's like, oh, let's all together lean towards happiness. Right. So, yeah. It's like we're all beating up on ourselves and no one's mm. being like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> you just kind of have to eventually get to a point where you go, I don't think I like doing this to myself yeah. anymore but yeah well that's a good transition into um I, I feel like we already got in underway but before we get too far i like to ask my guests for a good confession for mm. a way for our guests to get to know you it's just like a quick humble brag or something it can be it doesn't have to be brag but just something positive like okay something you like something you're excited about something you're proud of whatever okay yeah you you primed me for this and i was like god what is it what's a good secret and i am just i'm just like i guess i can just say something that's it's not a secret but it's something that i yeah, did recently be a secret. so uh for thanksgiving i i love cooking and baking and for thanksgiving i was going to a bunch of different friends uh friends givings because mm-hmm. i just i never go home for thanksgiving and i made so many pies like i made like 12 pies what? in total but i was really proud of Popular. one pie not even just sort of uh <laughs> one recipe makes two pies and i had to do it a lot of times wow. Um, but, uh, one thing I'm really proud of is, uh, last year I went to this, uh, restaurant in Portland where they had a slice of buttermilk pumpkin pie that I got obsessed with and like kept ordering like new pieces of it being like, this is so good. And I just like even got home and was just like, I need to figure out how to remake that pumpkin pie. And so I like just spent like a month trying to figure it out. And then uh, I, I just think like off through imagination or do they have a recipe? Off of just being like, OK, I, I know like I have a recipe for pumpkin pie and I have a recipe for like a buttermilk pie. But there was like a specific texture to it that oh. felt very different. Yeah, so they didn't like post their recipe. No. Oh I, and at one point I, I was posting a lot about it on Instagram uh, and some like the chef from the bar was just like, hey, here's the secret. And I tried that and it didn't work. Ah, so I was just like, hmm, I don't know if that's it. You but I did or eventually. She, uh, it was a he. Okay. Because, wow. you know, don't trust a man who DMs you <laughs> about a pumpkin pie recipe. Um, but then eventually I did get it and, like, I just felt, like, s- 
kind of like a genius being like, whoa, I kind of like reverse engineered this recipe that was just something I liked. And then this year I made it a bunch of times and like forgot to write it down and uh-huh. just was like, okay, fuck, I'm going to try and figure it out again. And I did. And I just remember feeling very proud of myself that it's like, oh, I get this is kind of like my recipe now because yeah. it's clearly not how the bar does it, mm-hmm. but it is my own little specific pie. And I felt very like, oh, wow, I have a recipe. That's amazing. I'm pass I love it down that. to my children. I don't know why I thought of, have you seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> There's like a moment, <laughs> such a random reference, but in a moment with the host of the, the, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire mm-hmm. show, writes like a wrong answer on the window for Dev's character yeah. he's trying to like trip, get him to lose right yes and he doesn't sorry if I, anyone hasn't seen yeah if you were just about to watch Slumdog Millionaire it is a good movie I don't know in 2022 if you've never seen it I'm sorry but just watch it now actually I feel like spoilers help you watch movies yeah it holds up you, yeah. it's not the entire movie in this one moment <laughs> But that's what I thought of. He's like, oh, I got the secret free. He's like, yeah. ah, it's wrong. Oh, like He's like, this guy's going to put us out of business if he <laughs> successfully makes this pie. We'll lead him astray. Oh, man. Uh, that is a great confession. Um, well, um, I started this podcast because loosely based on uh, me going to therapy for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, I just love like telling somebody all my secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really a therapy podcast, but because of that, I like to ask people like, oh, what's your experience with therapy? Or do you have a confidant? Like, who's your like go to sort of person in your life? Like outside of comedy, do you have like a routine for like, oh, you know, I, I need to spill the beans. Like, what, what do you, where do you go to get that sort of fix i am in therapy and i actually had therapy this morning so Ooh. i'm like fresh off the off the I train the being, glow oh yeah you're the like whoa glow. he seems slightly unburdened <laughs> um but yeah I, I feel like i always have this sort of back and forth when i'm in therapy where it's just sort of like i have a few weeks where i'm just like i'm not doing anything i don't mm-hmm. i don't think i want to do this and then i leave and then I'm just like oh i don't have anyone to tell anything to and then i'm back in therapy <laughs> And my therapist is like, oh, wait, so I'm the only person that you talk to about things. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I don't want to, like, badmouth things or, like, p- like people I'm dating to my friends or anything. And just I had uh, an experience recently in couples therapy, actually, with my ex where, like, we were going through something and I said it out loud to the couples therapist. And she was just like, oh, that sounds really hard. I'm really sorry. And I was just like, I think that's the first time I've ever said it out loud. And I just Whoa. felt like hey, I think I'm kind of over it and just having this realization of like, hmm, I need to be better about talking to people about my problems wow. instead of just my therapist. But yeah, I'm just having a space for the feeling. Yeah. That's I, cool that you realize that. I, I mean, as you said that I was having a realization that that's happened to me in couples therapy, but I didn't realize it at the moment because I was like, oh, I, I was like sitting on this like for a while. I was like, I want to bring this up. And then finally I did. And then because um, me and my boyfriend go because I was like, you have to go with me because I need a lot of therapy and we together if you're gonna date me you should have totally extra help for dealing with me but it ended up being like it's like oh yeah there's a whole different side to it but um me just talking about it and he was very open to like okay let's try it maybe we could try this or this and the therapist was just very like yeah do you, would that help Teresa and I was like okay but then like weeks later I was like I don't think that's a problem anymore because I talked about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, we can still try it, but yeah, just verbalizing it, it sometimes is like <laughs> yeah. releasing a press pressure valve or something, yeah. which is humiliating to find out in like a two hundred dollar session of I like, know, oh, so. I do is talk to a friend maybe. My current therapist, I had to start with a new one. I don't know if I'm, I'm. I think I'm getting to the point where I want to like graduate therapy, mm-hmm. but I had been like pretty uh, infrequent with my last one, and then it, she basically pulled the plug. 
Which I think she was like having more regular um, clients and I probably was really just going to her for like a routine. Yeah. But the new one, I feel like I clash with a lot. But then every time I leave, I'm like, oh, I learned something. So I'm like, this is probably good. good. Like it's new neural networks. And there's a part of me that's like, maybe I was a little too controlling with my last therapist. Like there was kind of yes manning me. And this new one will be like, well, you're interrupting. Like she'll like literally be like, hold on, let me finish. I would love that. That would that would make <laughs> me so, like I think in the moment make me feel like shit and then it'd just be sort of like, what, what? She said, like, I think I just start thinking yeah. about that until the point that it's like I'm in sort of like a combative relationship with this uh-huh, therapist and being like, okay, this is the first time, this is the first person in my life where I can do this now. Like, uh-huh. I, I want a therapist to poke me. Like, my I current therapist to, yeah. is too like, oh, uh, why is that a problem? Maybe it's okay. And I'm like, no, I need, I want you to be the person who thinks that they're smarter yeah. than me and tell me, no, this is okay. No, that's bad. It's like what you were saying about how, like, sometimes you get afraid of you're like, oh, what are they saying about me? And that's just, like, anxiety. But, like, I, it's almost like um, a manifestation of, like, an, you know, a third party who has no stakes but just, like, sort of, like, if they have this reaction to me or if there is conflict, then I'm like, yeah, let me see all the conflict. Yes. Like, say it to my face so that I know what's out there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's... <laughs> Sounds like I have a lot more to work on I now mean, that I'm saying it out loud. I've been in relationships like that where it's just sort of like I stay with them being like, oh, they're the only one who's going to who's telling me like it is. And then later I'm just like, they're really mean to yeah. me. I don't think this per- I don't think I want to be in this. And I'm like, I think I could handle it with a therapist, though. Right. Because I can fire her. But yes. also I am paying. It feels sometimes I'm like, well, you could be a little bit nice. But then I'm like, no, it's good that she's she's nice. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. She'll just be like, a I think you need a. I think that you're not listening to me. (laughs) Okay, well, this is a good time for a break. When we get back, we'll get your confession. Okay. All right, Demi, the time has come. We've had a wonderful break, but uh, it's time for me to ask you, is there anything you'd like to tell me? Well, this is something that I've held on to for a while and have been reticent to tell people, but uh, for like a decade now, I've been secretly a smoker. Wow. Secretly. Wait, yeah. okay. Because, okay, I have a lot of questions. Because mm-hmm. that's a long time. It's a long so time. There, there's, a, like, shame around it for you? Oh, or? totally. Yeah. I. It's, like, a thing that I, I quit and pick up every so often. Okay. So, it's, like, in my head, I'm, like, it's not been a decade. It's, like, I stopped a while, and then I started again recently. And it's, like, no, but it's mm-hmm. been a decade. Did you ever, like, go through a phase where you were, like, I'm a smoker. I quit. And then, that, and then you're, like, I'm not going to tell people I started again. Or you were just always, like, I, maybe I won't. Like, it. I think it's always, so it started in college as something that I, it's insane how it started. I used to carry around a lighter to parties as a thing to do where it's like, oh, if people want like a light, I'm the guy that has a light and then they'll talk to me. (laughs) And then eventually I was just like, uh, people would be like, oh, do you want a cigarette too? And I'd be like, oh yeah. And they just like smoke one. And (laughs) Wait, you had the idea to get a lighter, but not cigarettes before. So it was like strictly social. Yeah. It was completely social, okay. and then it was like, oh, well, I guess if some other people are smoking here, too. And then my roommates were smokers, and I was just sort of like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll smoke with you guys. I just had a drink. Why not? And then by that point, I was like, kind of like the feeling of having something to do with my hands when I go outside or whatnot. And it was just like, oh. it's it, it just goes through waves of me being like, all right, I'm, I'm stopping that. Because I think it started as a thing that was like, oh, when I'm drunk. But then yeah, once okay. it crossed the threshold into... I'm not drunk anymore, but still doing it. It's like, all right, well, you got to admit that some part of you is a smoker. Interesting because um, there, I mean, I, you know, lived in New York and started comedy there. So it's like that very, I mean, LA, we're all a little weird about smokers, but sure. it, people, people smoke. No. Yeah. But in New York, it's like, it's, you almost feel left out. 
if you don't smoke, totally. like people go outside, take a cigarette break, and that's like where the people are hanging, and you're like, Mer. and so it's interesting that you say that because it almost seems like it started off as with you had like resistance to it. Yeah. I don't personally smoke, so I can understand that. Like, I grew up with the propaganda of like oh, same. the anti-smoking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my ex like would always just she was like, I can't stop you from it, but I don't like it, and it just reminds me of like how my parents' home used to smell. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't have a good association with cigarettes, which I think is why I feel like some shame about it, even though I'm like, did your uh, parents smoke, or did, no. did you grow up around smokers? No. Um, but I, I think it's cause like none of my close friends, sm- well, a few of my close friends smoke, but like for everyone who does, it's like a sort of like, should we be bad? Should we have a cigarette type yeah. thing? And everyone else just like, I won't do it around them unless I'm drunk and it's like someone at the party has cigarettes or something. But it, it does feel like this thing where I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I remember when I first moved to LA, uh, like a year in, I went to a party and someone had cocaine and I just had this sort of like, oh my God, like clutching my pearls type feeling. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's how some of my friends get when I pull out cigarettes, cigarette. oh, but not in a like judgmental way, just in sort of like a, oh, I wonder what, what why is he, is they he that kind of guy? They see it in a different, yeah, it's like yeah. in their mind, there's, it's a different category. It has nothing to do with you. Totally. I, I felt that way the first time I, like I was very goody, goody two shoes, but I was like, always adventurous like mm. i was not like what i guess it's like the non-judgmental goody two-shoes so i ended up around people who i didn't realize like weren't also goody two-shoes totally. you know what i mean yeah. and it's like no judgment but i was surprised like the first time like m- you know my best friend did coke at a sorority party and i was like oh like she must have done this before and that's fine but then there's a part of me that's like well like am i so goody goody they didn't invite me like yeah, there's no, that to- feeling there's absolutely yeah i'm <laughs> just like, like what? everyone's having a fun sexy cool time and i'm not invited because <laughs> they think i'm lame but the cigarette thing is interesting because there are, everyone has such different associations with it. Like, yeah. so when you say you have negative, is it more just like the general broad, like don't smoke associations or did you have like, like specific negative associations with it? No, I think it was just like, I knew it was bad for you. And it was always the thing that's like, yeah, my parents were like, don't smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. dare campaigns and everything were like, don't smoke, smoke cigarettes. Like there was yeah. no, like any bad thing that's like this person I knew died or got cancer yeah. from it. But it's just like, in general, I'm like, had you ever know. tried a cigarette before college? No, I don't think so. So that first moment was like, that was kind of like breaking a seal. Yeah, it was just me being like, I'm in college, whatever. I'm already drinking alcohol. (laughs) Who cares? Did you, were you like not a drinker in high school? No, no. I was, the thing is I wasn't cool in high school. The same thing you were talking about where it's like, they didn't think to invite me. It's like my friends tried to get me to smoke weed at one point in high school but like they tricked me into smoking oregano, and oh, luckily, no. luckily, like I didn't Can react. I was that? like, I don't. This is weird. the thing is, they also smoked it, so I'm like, this was just a prank on me. But you guys committed <laughs> to it so hard. They pretended to be high around you. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm not feeling anything. But like that was the most I had ever like had any association with like weed or beer or anything because I wasn't like invited to parties that had that. So then I went off to college, and I was like, whoa, I'm gonna smoke weed, and whoa, I'm gonna have a beer, and just very quickly figured out I was like mm, I don't like some drug. of these no. yeah exactly and the, the gateway closed so quick on like me. shooting heroin no um very next day yeah it is interesting because like cigarettes like even I like I very like I have been around people who smoke and don't smoke it's like I just understand how everyone sees it but yeah. even when you said that I, was, I couldn't understand that feeling of like self judgment you know and I have done <laughs> illegal drugs or whatever but like with cigarettes it is a weird thing where i'm like i i yeah i don't know what it is there's still that like now i never picked it up so then yeah. i now i'm like i guess i just won't but there's times where i'm like 
maybe it'd be fun. But then I'm like, well, it's too late now. It's definitely... Yeah, it's, it's one of the things where we self-judge. It's like yeah. nobody cares what you do as an adult, really. Right. They're like, you know, related to you or in love with you, but... I think, yeah, with the judgment around it's just the idea that it's like a health thing and yeah. then it's like what's the benefit which I fully get because it's like it's not like any other drug or beer or anything where it's like you get a buzz that feels good like when I smoke a cigarette I feel awful so what do you like about it I don't know I genuinely <laughs> think it's like part I'm addicted and part uh the physical sensation of having something to do with your hands is very nice for me like I like being able to take a cigarette break from something mm-hmm. and just I don't know I, I think uh I'm like I'm generally anxious I have ADHD all this stuff and it's like very it's nice to be able to like if I'm going on a walk with my dog or something just be like here's something I can do with my hands here's a little physical thing to like sort of not just have me go like I guess I just wait or like sit around and do nothing but I, I think in general, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I think it just, yeah, it like satisfy, satisfies a weird part of my brain that is like happy to do something. I think it like well, doesn't. Okay, is there part of you that likes that as advice or doesn't like, or not, maybe not likes it, but it's almost like, you know, we all have to feel, we all have vices and we all have, what if it's not this, is another, like, is there sort of like, what, it's like the devil, you know, like, yeah, I know what that is and it's not that bad, other people, I know do it, but it's like, it's that thing that you know is bad, but then you like know that you're doing the right. bad thing. I think there's definitely a little bit of that because it is sort of like this weird, like bonding thing with my friends that do smoke where it's just sort of like, we're like, should we have a cigarette? And it's like, <laughs> we know we're saying, it just like, oh, we shouldn't, but then we also just go do it and they're like, whatever. Uh, but I, I think it's like, it is a communal thing at times. Yeah. And I think it's like the number of times I've just struck up a conversation with someone outside of a party or something being like, Hey, is it cool if I bum a cigarette? It's someone bumming a cigarette off me, which I'm always just like, yeah, please take these off of me. It's like, <laughs> it's weirdly, uh, warming, but yeah. I also just like, I actively have to sit down after every time I have a cigarette cause it makes me feel like shit. And I'm always just like. I shouldn't be doing this. Why do I want this? It's almost like there's this version of yourself that you play when you're like doing, because you act as well. So there's that feeling of like, you know what it's like to jump into a character, but it's almost like that's a character, but you know, it's not, but then you always come back to zero, which is like, Oh, I don't like that. But you haven't folded in the, the, the fact that you've played that so many times that it maybe is part of you. Right. And I say this without judgment. I'm just interested in the psyche of the way you presented it. Like, oh, I'm a secret smoker. Because it's like some people are like, I smoke. Oh, right. that's my vice. Or like, oh, I, I, you know, whatever. But like, it's like you are come very accepting of like, I smoke, but I don't tell people. But if they find out, it's okay. But it's like, it's not really me. Like, there's this yeah. kind of like very um, nuanced like layers to the confession. Totally. I think that part of it is just like for years I was like, I'm not a smoker. I just, I have a cigarette on occasion. And then like at different points in my life, I have had to be like, I like sometimes will buy a pack of cigarettes and smoke them all. It's like, I am a smoker when I get really stressed Uh or I'm like in a bad way, I will have a cigarette. And it's like, I go through periods where I stop and it is like, I stop for a while, but then it's also just like, it's like whenever I go to the doctor and they're just like, are you a smoker? It's like medically I have to say yes. <laughs> and that's when I'm like, I guess I am, uh, but I pretend I'm not. And it's like, I, I wouldn't want my parents still to think that uh-huh. I smoke cigarettes and I wouldn't, they're still friends where it's like, if I'm around them, I'm like, oh, I need to impress this person. I won't pull out a cigarette or like smoke unless they, uh-huh. 
it's just like a, the status thing of like, oh, if they smoke a cigarette, I can smoke a cigarette. But if I smoke a cigarette first, then I have to worry about what they're going to think of me. <laughs> it's like not the top 10 things that people should know about you first, no. but it's not like they can't know that. But right. like you got to know like one through 50 before you know that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> then you can know that. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm trying to think. I mean, I think it was more like that would really like drinking and blacking out because I went through phases where I like was like. Like, I mean, I mm. I thought I was an alcoholic and I like quit drinking and I quit it a few times, but then I really did quit it for like 15 months and I went to meetings, but then I was still like having similar breakdowns sober <laughs> outside bars. Um, and then it turned out, you know, there's other things that cause emotional distress. Sure. But, uh, so now I do drink, but there are times where I'm like, oh, I still feel like that. Like sometimes I'll still black out, but not very often. But yeah. sometimes when that pops out, I'm like. Well, we're just going to erase that one because it's almost like I'm like, well, I know I can stop drinking. So I'm not. But it, it, I, I don't know why. Like that kind of reminded me of that, that feeling of like, how do I label myself? Because yeah. I don't think anyone's trying to label me. But there's that. How do I define my relationship with alcohol? Right. Well, I think that heavily defined. It's like you have to define your own actions in a way that allows you to categorize whether or not you can support them or not. Mm. Like, I, I think that. So well, how do you feel if someone else that you just met pulls out a cigarette and I smoking? don't care in any way, okay. which is which which is why it's weird to me that I, like if s- someone sees me doing that, I do have this sort of fear of like, oh, God, what are they going to think of me? But I also think that that's like an anxiety I carry in a lot of different things that like I do what? of like, I don't know, anytime I do comedy uh, or like anytime I write anything or like just existing, I, I feel like a lot of times I'm just worried of like, whoa, what are what are people how do other people see me or like okay. what are they interpreting this action as and i think that like s- smoking is just another thing that it's like some i always mm. forget that some people have like hard lines in the sand about that the first time i ever like stopped smoking after college was because a girl that i was really into uh we saw a bunch of cigarette butts one day and she was like oh god cigarettes just really gross me out i just can't <laughs> do them i hate them so much and like that night i was like i'm done and i didn't smoke for like a year and a half oh, wow yeah but i, I think it's just like I don't know anything that I I learn that some like people have a hard stance on. I suddenly just start like uh, mm. reflecting on it within myself, which I think is just like I mean everything we do and every feeling we have is like a mirror of how other people have taught us like what we're supposed to think about those things. So I yeah. think with smoking, it's just I I can't uh, get rid of the like ingrained idea that it's like this is a bad thing that dirty dirty bad kids <laughs> do behind the school. Smoking is a hard one because there is so much mixed messaging, but the underlying, like even people who smoke and don't want to give it up, all admit like it's bad for you. And so that's the hard one. It's not really, there's no secret to the effects of it. And then people who do are just like, yeah, it's bad for me. But then you just see people like, yeah. And then they're also fine. And they Mm -hmm. like, you see people live to 99. I mean, that's not every case, but it is one of those things where it's like, you just choose, you want to roll the dice or not. And Something about that is really interesting to me because it's mo- it's not like driving drunk, which is like, I mean, I guess there's a public health with smoking, but it, driving drunk to me is like, don't do it for right. obvious reasons for you, but also for people but on like, the road. Like, yeah, and even the people who like smoke cigarettes are like, I'm not going to blow smoke in someone's face. Like, right, yeah. and so it feels like almost there's this like, well, if I'm going to do something bad, it's to me, don't worry, guys. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. It's, it's like really I can hurt myself. I won't hurt anyone else. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who like uh used to have cancer and smoke now because oh, they're just sort of like I picked it up while I had cancer because oh, wow. it was the only it was just like 
you fucking need something and they, they get really angry about people being like don't you know it's bad for you and You're it's like, like <laughs> yeah but i have cancer and i and just like it's stuck with them and it's a thing that they kind of are like i, I don't know i think when it's something that is like this is I know this is bad. I know this might make things worse for me, but in this moment right now, it is making me feel better. And you just mm. kind of have to like let people do that for themselves. It's like with that, I'm like, yeah, do it. I'm curious. Okay. Because like, it seems like you've maybe, maybe I don't know if you like thought about this specifically a lot, but just think about like, uh, as we all comedians have anxiety, but like about like, you know, your actions and how it's being perceived. Mm-hmm. Do you, is there a part that's like, do you, do you ever judge others not for smoking but like other things or do you like do you feel like sometimes like I don't know I, I don't know how to phrase this but basically like the way I'm thinking is like so when I didn't drink and people would feel weird about drinking around me I had to like let them know that like yeah oh here's all the bad things I do and there's almost this feeling where it's like sometimes people assume I'm goody goody I have been but you know I really I, whatever we're all here now as adults and it's we've all seen whatever all, all the things but when I was younger, I've had this feeling like, oh, I didn't want people to feel that I was judging them. Yeah. So almost like revealing a vice made me even. Yeah. Me it like makes people. Yeah. Is there. Because when you're saying that, it kind of made me think about that. Like, like this element of like, it's this equalizer, but you also don't see yourself as like the bad kid behind the school, which might not even really, really exist. It's really this like idea. Yeah. But I'm that, thinking of Full House episodes. Yeah, no, but, I mean, yeah. that, you know, that's like we all saw the li- after school specials. But um, but there's a feeling like you want to be there, but then also like at the same time, no, let people know. Just in case that does exist, I'm not that. Yes, I, I definitely think that's part of it. I, I feel like I, I try to go out of my way to not judge people for the same reason of like I'm it would hurt my feelings to be judged. And I think a lot of times I like actively have to like make the decision of like, don't, it's mm. not a big deal. And it's like, I think the only thing I get like weirdly upset or judgy about is like cruelty or when it feels like someone is doing yeah, something that is like, nice what's the benefit anyone. of this weird, uh, mean thing you're doing. But I, I, I think with like vices and whatnot, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have any like tisk tisking for anyone. Uh, I think it's also like, there's so many people that will talk about like like homeless people getting money and then spending it on drugs and I'm just sort of like if you if you were fucking homeless like who gives a shit what you spend money on like yeah. if your life is like if you are in a place where it's like your life really sucks and drugs will take a little bit of the edge off of it it's like what am I going to be like hmm well you should have spent that on a salad like I it's just cra- yeah I know what you mean because it's like I know plenty of people who have homes and jobs and they make their money and they spend it on drugs. Yes. So it's like, wait, <laughs> yeah. why is it why okay is it when better? you make the money and you spend it on drugs? Yeah. But yeah, it's but I, uh, strange. I just don't have any like judgment for people doing any sort of vice or anything when it's like contained. Like, obviously it's not like, like drugging someone else. No. And like getting someone else addicted to stuff. No, but it's like, I don't know for things that people do to themselves. I, I feel like the older I get, the more understanding I am and like just sort of I'm like, there's no. Do you have like a very strong, not, I don't say, I don't know if that word is moral compass because that's for like outside judging in, but like, do you feel like yourself, you're always kind of aware of like where you stand? Like, and this is interesting that you wrote in the good place because it's all about keeping mm, points. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's sound like I don't know because I don't know if it's maybe I just also feel like I resonate a lot with what you're saying but this feeling of like always wanting to make sure you're 
not contributing to the negative aspects of society yeah but not necessarily going out of your way to be like i need to move the needle this was like as long as i'm happy with where i am and i generally fit in where everyone's vices are like do you do you like talk to yourself about where you are oh all the time i feel like this is something i talk about with my therapist constantly of just like my like I, i think that even like this morning i was saying that i don't think the idea of being a good person as an objective thing is like mm-hmm. real or not. But I do think that like the closest you can get is trying to be a good person. Yeah. And it's like, that might be an oxymoron, but I think it's mm. something I've thought for years and it's something that makes me just feel like that is sort of a thing that weighs on me because I think in every moment I am just sort of like, well, what does that mean? Am I like, should I be thinking of that in every scenario I do? Mm. Or like, I think a lot about like when I go to the grocery store and there's a guy outside who's like taking money for the homeless. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Sorry. And it's like, while I'm in the grocery store, I'm like, fuck, should I have given him money? Like, I don't have cash, but should I have asked if there's another way? And it's like, it is this sort of thing of like, you got to weigh your own, uh, what's it called? like your own sort of like self, like, put your oxygen mask on before you help exactly but there are times where it's just like okay it doesn't hurt to like try and help someone else here but it does still just feel like but do i have to and it's like i don't know the clear Mm. like answer in those scenarios and it's something that i think about all the time and it like weighs on me a lot in like social situations where i'm just like sort of just like i think the way to leave a good impression here is to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and cared for and like that they're happy with me and it's just such a Um, the homeless thing is funny that you said, not homeless thing, but the outside like stores, because I've thought that like, I used to feel like if I notice it and then I'm more guilty for saying no, cause totally. it's a choice. But if I didn't notice it, then I couldn't have, but it's like, it's all like still pretty subconscious, but it's conscious, right? Like yeah. if I walk too fast and I don't let them give it the pitch. And I heard there's like a Buddhist saying, I can't remember. It's like, um, was it one of, wasn't. I don't know. I was, was a monk. I think um, Tuck not then. I forget it. I don't know. He wrote. You could say uh, yeah. any name and I, like, yeah. I'll look it up. And caught, my aunt gave, told me to read this book, and um, and I think so. He had this. I think he a quote in it where he was like teaching a student where he's like, you know, one day he walked by and there was like a beggar asking for food and he gave it to him. But then the, like another day, the, the same beggar asked and he didn't give it to him. And the student's like, well, why didn't you? And he was like, well, it's because it's not about the act of giving. It's about um, in, I'm par- I'm butchering this, but like basically, like the second time he didn't need it, and he was like, it wasn't gonna help him because he was getting used to begging, mm. and he had given was given help that he could use, and so it's like obviously it's not on us to judge what people can do, like, but I think the idea was it's not just in that one moment, like it's almost like selfish to think like I didn't give you this one dollar and therefore the entire world is ruined it's like the accumulation of all good actions and i do think generally we should put out more good than bad in the world but like yes i think somebody asking for money understands that there's going to be this percentage of people who do this this so it's like some days you play the percentage of someone who doesn't have the cash because you really don't but if you happen to be the one who's like actually i could have helped that then you're actually like it's almost like you drew a card and you're like bluffing you're like i don't have the queen card but you had the card where it's like, it wouldn't hurt you right? and you have it and you just don't want to. And then it's like that day they won't get it at all. So sometimes I think about like that. It's like, it's weird to think about the world that way. Cause it almost makes you feel like you have a lot of choice, but also at the same time, it's like, no matter what you choose, the, those roles will be filled. You mm. know, I don't know. What's your philosophy on like 
like life do you think someone's like watching your actions or do you believe in a higher power like Mm. where is this like sort of you know compass coming from for you i don't think that the thing like i i don't believe in a higher power and i don't believe that anyone's watching me but i do very much feel sometimes i think that like everyone's own personal idea of what happens when you die is true where it's just like yes. that's literally just it's like, like the last you, second of your life it all comes together yeah and that expands into infinity totally and it's it's truly just like do you believe in god great you'll go to heaven do you not believe in god great then you'll just be nothing do you believe in reincarnation like you you'll be reincarnated like i i think sometimes i also i'm just like reincarnation makes sense to me but i also just i don't yeah. think about it that often but Both i do could be true though Right. It could all be true. It could all very well be like everyone gets glimpses of their own idea of uh, what religion is and like that's disseminated in a way that everyone thinks like, well, there's one true one. It's like, "Mm, where'd that come from? Mm. But I I think that in terms of like karma and all those things, I I think that I I don't know that it does pay off. Like, I don't think that karma is real and I don't (laughs) think that like you get what you give out into the world. But I do think that like in some way, like the way that you live your life is building your own religion. And for me, it's like, it's not about building out like uh, this sort of balance sheet of like, Mm -hmm. I did good acts and I deserve this many good acts as much as it is just like being good to the people that you can with the understanding that like forming a community means that like those moments where you fail to do the good that you could do or whatever is like you have a people who have an understanding of who you are and aren't don't see you as like yeah. oh well too bad you fucked up that one time and now you're a piece of shit it's like no they know your heart and they know you're trying to do good and so I, I think it's like for me like I think karma isn't some big sort of global uh uh system as much as it's just like a way that like doing good acts means that people who are around you see that you are a good person and from that can form a community with you and I think that's, like, how friendships are formed. I think, like, bad karma is the same way, where it's, like, you do bad things and people get an idea of who you are and start to, like, decide they don't mm-hmm. want to be so close to you. And that is karma. It's, like, karma comes out in... It's energy. Yeah. It's energy and it's love and it's the way that, like, people sort of can interpret who you are as a person and decide, like, how much love to give you based on that. But I don't think it's, like... Uh. I don't know. I don't think it's like you 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 give money to the homeless and then like you'll receive this windfall of good karma. <laughs> yeah, I I like that resonates a lot with me because the idea of like I don't know if I like totally buy into like law of attraction the way it's like peddled out to the white women, but like that <laughs> my sister also really likes it. So, um, but you know what I mean. There's there's like the secret like, but I do think there's something about like of course if you believe in something and you truly live your beliefs, people who also believe in that and want to be around people who believe in that will gravitate towards you yeah then sometimes you have people preach something and then don't do it and then that's when you get these like weird dichotomies and i i do really think that's like in the atom and energy sense when you are able to like freely give you also freely receive so as like you kind of know when it's like not okay to give because you're like oh that's my last like i need this but generally speaking like if you live in abundance it's like a free flow of energy and i think that's where like the more and more I feel like leaving negative, like instead of being afraid of negative stuff, going towards the positive things like you were saying, yeah, I feel like I'm like more and more entering a world like that, which is really cool. Totally. But yeah, I don't know how else to describe that besides it, it sounds like we're doing like magic, but it's just like going towards things you like. Yeah. And then you kind of, it kind of starts to work out. Like, I think <laughs> that people have like, like it, it seems like very woo woo because there's no like 
science behind it, but I think people have a natural, like almost divining rod for the things that make them feel good. And you're mm-hmm. able to like suss those things out. The more that you are a person and the more you're just like, I, I know what I want to be drawn towards and what I want people to draw from me. And you sort of follow those things until it is just like, you've created a path in life that is just like the path that makes you happiest. Yeah. And I, I think that I'm so much more interested in that than I am like trying to convince people to like me by talking about like the things I don't like than I am just being like, this is something that makes me happy. Who else does it make happy? It's like, great. We can form a community talking about this thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. But going back to your confession, cause now I have a question yes. because we're talking about like, it sounds based on everything you said and based on like, like just knowing you, you are someone who lives authentically and are yourself like in every situation, right? Like obviously you're gonna have versions where you're like, oh, I'm nervous here because I'm new or but more comfortable. But generally it's like, I feel like you have your work you, your personal you, but it's all you, yeah, right? But then th- that's why it's very interesting because that feels like it's so contradictory to like, oh, but I'm a secret smoker. Yeah, at the same time, it's like, is it? Because it's almost like that's for you. Like you keep a piece of little, yourself yeah, for you. Yeah, just a little you. thing for me. But it's also just like, what do I share? What do I gain by sharing that with people? I think is why I'm just sort of like, mm. oh, I don't tell anyone about this because it's like, if smoking was something that made me feel like, oh, it really alleviates my anxiety or makes me feel better, I'd be like, I'm actually proud of this. But I'm just like, makes me feel like shit. I don't like it. I don't want people seeing it and being like, Demi smokes. Cool. Like I just <laughs> like the identity of a smoker doesn't really exist. But if it did, it it's not you right yeah it's i don't know what i'd gain from like standing on a pulpit and being like i am a smoker aside from just being like i'm gonna it's like me standing (laughs) on a thing and being like i wear size eight shoes it's like okay what does that that do for me i yeah because i there was uh i used to work at this site called cracked and we did a video where we like tried ancient drugs and yeah legally i did these like ancient mushrooms and I never saw myself as like as someone like I like to I make comedy, so I'll experiment. But totally. truly, I think my image in my mind was like, I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. I sometimes get drunk and I'm party, you know. <laughs> but then it was like, you're the mushroom girl. You're the mushroom girl. And I kind of like oh, so just like leaned into it. Not like I wasn't like suddenly doing a bunch of shrooms, but I think I was just like, yeah, I guess when you're the mushroom girl, it just means like you're cool with shrooms. So people talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, everyone who's done shrooms once wants to talk about it. And that's fine. Like mm-hmm. I can, I'm always happy to have a shroom conversation, but there was like a resistance at first. Cause I'm like, what? No, I'm not. What? Like, well, you don't want anyone <laughs> to ascribe your own identity to you. Yeah. And I think I do that a lot where like people are just like, it's the guy who does this. And I immediately just like, no, I'm not. Fuck you. I don't <laughs> want to do that thing the anymore. September videos. No, <laughs> I mean, well, yes, but also like, I, I think that but you have a choice for that. Cause you put that out there or do yeah. you, do you feel that way when people ascribe like your work back to you that you feel like that's derivative? No, I don't think it's derivative, but I think it's like, it's the kind of thing where like, you think of something that you do as like a little side hustle or something that you're mm. like, this is fun. And then you start realizing that that's what people see you as. And then you're just like, oh, does this actively detract from my ability to do the thing I want to do? Or are people not interested in me doing mm. that? Cause I do this where it's like, if you're someone who makes a lot of cakes uh, while you're practicing law and everyone's like, this guy makes incredible cakes. And like every case you go, it's like, Hey, oh, the baker's here. You're just like, okay, no, wait, I don't. This was like a hobby. And it's like, I'm very proud of that. And I'm happy with it. But also, hmm. uh, I don't want that to be what, like, I've worked so hard in doing this other thing. I don't want people to be like, it's the baker. I can see both sides of this. Because as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want that. But then also as like, from the other side of the couch, I'm like, well, why does it matter? It doesn't, ultimately. But I think it's just like And sometimes it gives ego. you more clout. Not Not that it should matter, but like... 
it's does. one of those things where sometimes you're like, I don't want that to be the reason, but then that's always the thing that gets, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that either. I but think I'm also reticent to do anything that people start to feel like they have ownership over with. I think with the internet, you get a lot of that where it's like, people are just like, Oh, you should do this. And you just, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not taking requests. This is something I started cause it was uh-huh. fun. And then it starts to lose the fun once people are like, this is your identity and also do it this way. Cause I see you as a content person. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not enjoying it anymore. I'm going to stop and try and do other stuff. Well, yeah, because you're very multi-talented. I think that's a thing Thank that happens you. when it's like people who in the industry want to, they're not, I don't want to say they're trying to exploit, but that the business side, they're trying to like find out how to market and package. Yeah. And so there's this feeling of like, well, pick a lane and do that more or, okay, we're going to like hammer this note. And you're like, well, uh, we feel this pressure to like, I don't know, like define ourselves. But I think, um, it's very interesting because, uh, I'm on the fence right now where I'm like, should I just give in to the marketing thing? But, but it seems like, I don't know. It seems like you live your life very authentically, which is cool in your work as well. I think I have the privilege to do that though. Like I think the, the idea of like living authentically is like, it's, it's nice, but it's also like, it's only something you can do if you are like in a position to sacrifice all the inauthentic stuff that like makes a lot of things work for people. And so it's like, I'm like, Oh, I'm very lucky that like uh, my parents paid my way through college and that I uh, like grew up like going to a very nice school and then I'm in a place now where I like can take time off work and not and I just mm-hmm. feel like it's like when I'm able to quit something it's like yeah I can quit something and just I don't have to be like I need to be doing this right now so I think living authentically is like a, a privilege I don't want to sort of just sit back and be like I'm just so cool that I can do it. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess there's like the Instagram version of living authentically. And maybe what I meant more was just like, there's, there's not like, cause as a public or performer or someone putting work out, there is, um, there is a like mask. It's not like the mask has to actually, the mask can be your face, right? Like like when you go on stage, you could just be yourself, but there is a a before and after when you're presenting versus when you're not presenting, when there's an audience versus when there's not. That's more what I mean by authentic. Cause I think, you're right. There's a privilege to that. If if some people have to like survivalism, have to like put on a mask because it's like okay, I, I have to like fit in here or whatever. Right. But I'm I mean more just even within privileged performers, sometimes there's this like oh I'm not gonna turn it on unless it's gonna like help my career totally. or uh, being friends with people who are friends but also beneficial for career versus like doing what you like and that trusting that's gonna draw in people who are like good for you and you're yeah, good for them. Yeah, definitely. I think that like. I've been very lucky with a lot of that stuff and I, I, I don't know. I think I always am like living on this double edged sort of like, I like doing the thing, but then once people see that as the <laughs> thing I do, I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to do only this thing. Ah. And then I just start feeling like, all right, I'm only going to focus on the thing I want to do. And I'm like, am I going to get to a point with that thing where it's like, everyone sees him as this guy. Like, I, I'm just like, am I, it's like, oh, the goalposts posts constantly moving in a way where I'll never be happy doing anything. But what do you define your I mean I'm I'm like after all this but I'm like in your mind like if you That's right now hard thing. not forever because no, it's yeah. like yeah there's been times where I'm like I'm a dancer if I don't dance I die but I'm like, <laughs> like, like, no but like now like if you were like do do you see yourself more as a certain I think it doesn't have to be a job related but like totally. if, how would you describe yourself I mean if creator weren't a thing that is now like taken over by the internet as like a content creator i would say that but i I think i just like a writer and director is how i see myself and what i want to be like 
trying to position myself as. But I, I think also part of that is just like you grow up having an idea of like what jobs are real and what your dream jobs are. And it's like mm-hmm. you even if you start something new and people are like you're doing great in my head, I'm like, no, that's not a real I'm no, I need <laughs> to do the real job that I wanted to do when I was 17. Uh-huh. And so it's like you make stuff for the Internet and you're just like, but this isn't like real. Like, I don't care. I don't. And it's also like I don't like take in a lot of internet uh, stuff often so i think it makes in me just some feel ways and if you factor in time what you're doing is a real job to someone in middle school now absolutely and they're like i want to do that and i i love that for them and i root <laughs> for that for but them fuck those but, little kids yeah but fuck them no but i think to me i'm just sort of like i don't think i'll be happy if i'm not at the place that i in my own head see as like well this is what you want to what's do. that place I, I want to make movies, mm-hmm. I think. But you want to make the movies you watched growing up. It's different when you make it with your friends. That's what we tell ourselves, I mean. Yeah, although it is so nice to make stuff with your... Like, I, I do think that that's another thing that, like, I liked doing September videos so much near the end when it was, like... Like, for the first three, it was me just fucking around. It was so hard. And then a friend was like, I really like these. Do you want help? And I was like, yeah. And, like... It just became a thing where I was like, I'm making this with friends every year, and it's so nice. That's how it And it's, like, be. stressful sometimes, but it is also very good. And I think, like, I, I like doing, like, shorts and other videos and commercials and stuff because I get to work with people where it's, like, we have this shorthand, and we know that it's stressful, mm-hmm. but we're friends, and we can, like, just share inspirations and, like, work on it together and whatnot. And I want to do that, but I'm just like, I want someone else to give me money to mm. do that. Here's my um, my my take slash Mm -hmm. diagnosis that's totally you can swipe left on but that when you are the creative person and which you are like especially as the director like you waiting you're waiting for some that invisible non-existent voice that's actually like somebody who inspired you to say like you got this you can do it but you actually become that god person in that room and people are looking to you so it's like this weird thing where mm-hmm. you're waiting for that moment t- for someone to be like, you did it, yeah. but you become that person. So you can give yourself that you uh, just like check in and say like, yeah, I did it. Or like that wasn't it. Totally. And, and it's a weird place to be. I mean, it's a good place to be, but it is scary. Cause you sort of, it's like you climbing the cliff and then being like, I want to see the view. And then being like, Oh, well, it looks different from up here than it looked down there. Yeah. And that's just, I think, how it is. I think, yeah, you're. It's climbing Everest and being like, well, this isn't the highest peak. And it's like you're on Everest. Yeah. Like, shut up and take in the view and be proud that you did something that millions of you literally saw bodies on the way up here. Well, like, <laughs> hopefully, there's no bodies in your directing. No, career. that would, yeah, that'd be dark. But <laughs> how did typing kill people? But also, like the peop- like the films, like what was a movie that, or what were films you watched growing up that inspired you? Or something I don't know. I don't like. I feel like Ocean's Eleven was my first favorite movie, where oh, I was just like, "Oh my god, that's that's a film right there." And they are having fun on set. That's the yeah. thing where it's like they're already stars, but you can tell by the time they're already stars, it's like um, just look up on or don't look or up don't on look, Netflix. Yeah, you can just. T- it's almost like a giant Funny or Die sketch as a movie. But yeah. at that point, they are stars, but they are just having fun. Totally. And it, to me, I feel like from far away as an audience, you're like, "Oh, movies," but. I think those sets feel well. Not maybe not your PA, but the, those sets <laughs> for the big time, you know, whatever um, uh, top of the call sheet. I think f- would feel like how it feels like with your friends totally. with a bigger budget. But yeah. Um. So I think that's the feeling you're searching for. Some people 
come back to it later in their career but hopefully you can keep that feeling and keep making more things yeah i hope so <laughs> i feel like every time i do a podcast i end up talking like yeah i'm not satisfied with my career oh i should be like I, i'm just like i got one thing <laughs> to talk about ever no i feel that way too do you do you have imposter syndrome yes but it's also like i yes and no because there are times where i'm just like oh i don't believe in myself and then there are times where i'm like but no, then you're I, like, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm doing, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think that I look at the things that I write and make, and I'm like, no, it's good. Like, I don't feel like, God, I'm, I'm a fraud, and no one wants to hire me, but I also do just think, like, is it good because I, this is, like, the bar for what I can do, or is it, like, good, good? Hmm. So, I have imposter syndrome within, like, my class of what I'm already doing, and I'm, I'm like, well, this is good for, like, the kind of guy I am, but is it good for the kind of guy I want to be, which is so silly. As you climb higher, you're going to be the only one who can answer that question. That's true. And I need to talk to my therapist about that. (laughs) Well, I feel like this uh, um, was very enlightening. I got to know you better. I have a quick game before we end. Sure. So, Dummy, I I actually prepped this game for you um, not knowing what we're going to talk about, but I think it kind of is related. Okay. It's called Two Characters and an Actor. I kind of thought it would be fun to play with the idea of movies and characters because I know you're a director and writer and actor as well. And I didn't realize we we're going to talk so much about masks and stuff. Yeah. But basically, I kind of sometimes think of like creating a character like, uh, like you know those Build-A-Bear mm-hmm. um, shops where <laughs> my references are all over the place today. <laughs> you know, the, but the way I think about it is like, uh, you know, the writer is like, kind of creates the bear fur but then the actor comes in and like puts the stuffing in and mm. then the director is the one who's like is this going to be on the top shelf or going in the donation mm. bin or whatever so we all kind of create it together and since you've kind of played every part of the creative process um this game is basically two truths and a lie but instead of two truths and a lie it's actors and their characters so um, i'm going to read three quotes two of them are from a character this actor has played and one of them is from the actor like directly as themselves I'll give you an example. So, for example, um, this is Mark Hamill. Okay, so here's three quotes. I'll never turn to the dark side. The force is not a power you lift rocks with. Or you know you're out of it when someone suggests you tweet what you think is just a random phrase that turns out to be the title of a new album by Ariana Grande. <laughs> so, in that case, the answer, the the actor would be the last one. Yes. Okay, so basically try to identify which was said by the actor if you want to, like, shout out stuff you know, like, who, who the car- movies were, it's fine. Sure. They're all pretty... Uh, I pick very generic actors that have been around. I love it. Okay. I love an easy game for me. All right. So, the first one. Jennifer Aniston. Okay. We know we know her. Mm-hmm. We love her. Okay. Or, I mean, we, we don't have to love her. We know her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. You can feel whatever you want. All right. Here's the first quote. You should always be striving for more. You should always strive to get to that next rung of the ladder. should always just keep wanting more. But if you spend all your time wanting more, striving for more, you don't spend any of your time living. The first quote. Okay. Second one. Everyone I know is either getting married or getting pregnant or getting promoted, and I'm getting coffee. Third quote. I just cared about my career, and God forbid a woman is successful and doesn't have a child. Okay, those second two are the character, and the first one is Jennifer Aniston. So close, oh. but incorrect. The first one was Alex Levy on The Morning Show. He played, but very, very, I feel like as a later character in her life, she probably brought more of Jennifer Aniston to it. Yeah. The last one is the answer. She just did an interview in Allure, um, 
and promoting the morning show. So there's probably a lot of similarities, but she talks about Damn. wanting a child and then never having it. And then just kind of being like, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to have one. I always Second forget one, about the morning show. That's how they get me. It's a great show. Second one was Rachel Green from Friends. Okay. All right. Um, the next one is, okay, here we have Will Smith. Okay. Plenty of characters played, um, plenty of interviews done. All right. So here's the first quote. If you must cheat, cheat death. If you must drink, drink in the moments that take your breath away. Second quote. There's so much I want to say, and I haven't been able to figure out how to say it in my art. I can only say it ham-fisted, clumsy, non-poetic ways. I'm trying to figure out how to talk about life and talk about love and talk about pain and trials and tribulation. Third one, two grown men talking to the wall and the wall talking back. It's a mess. The second one is the real Will Smith. Yes. The first one... <laughs> Is his character in Hitch? Yes, good job. Okay. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if you know it from Hitch, it's very obvious. But I was like, okay, these first two both sound kind of like poetic. Yeah. Like, oh, What's that third one from? Wars Wisdom. Agent J and Men in Black. That's uh, what. Yes. Okay. I was like, it sounds yeah, familiar. yeah, yeah. I wanted to put in the what is the Bad Boys for Life, but that would have been too obvious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the last one. So okay, I think you can get this. Zendaya. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, popular actress. Also, she also started her career as a singer. She's a pretty good singer. But she did, yeah. Um, Channel. Also played a lot of great characters. All right, first quote. A lot of people underestimate me because I'm young. That's how you get them. Second quote. Every time I feel good, I think it will last forever, but it doesn't. Third quote. If you expect disappointment, then you can never really be disappointed. The first one is Reels and Dea. The second two are Rue from Euphoria. Mm-hmm. The thir- well, the f- second one's no. Rue. Third one, try again. Different character, also well known. Oh, uh, MJ and Spider Man. Yep. yep. Boom. Ah, oh, nice. You won. Oh. And the prize is you get to tell the listeners where to follow you, find your work, anything you want to plug. Oh, wow. Plug away. Such an honor. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me everywhere. Well, really, just Instagram and Twitter at Electrolemon. And yeah, I don't, I don't have anything to plug. I, uh, I'm writing on a show called Neon that won't be out yeah. for a while. So keep your ears peeled. Oh, I'll hype something up of yours because I just saw this today on because I was like rewatching the September videos. So good. Watch it if you haven't. But you have a great little I don't know if it's called an essay, but like an Instagram highlights about the history of Asian representation yes. in Oscars. So I I read that. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Super well researched. Um, yeah. So give it a read. Um, but yeah, I liked I liked that. Thank it you. It was in a highlight form because I was like, oh, this is a really cool format. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, was working on Amber Ruffin's show and wanted to do like a little piece about uh, the few amount of like Asian performers that have been nominated for the Oscars and just kept digging into it. And he's like, this can't be right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it is. Well, let me say something about this. It's well, cause in Minari and well, pretty much parasite won like every award, but no, no actors. acting nominations. Even Crazy. it's like, this movie is perfect. I know. Who knows what made it, but it's like, no way, Crazy. no way. The actors anyways, yeah. um, you can follow this podcast at tell, uh, nope. That's the fake. That's the old one. You can follow this podcast at real father long legs. You can follow me at Teresa Lee bot. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at RealFatherLongLegs. This podcast was written and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Podcast Network. If you would like to donate or support the production, you can do so at paypal.me slash anything. The Hoo Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Pravar, Maggie Weath Austin, Kadi Asad, and Stephanie Bignote. Theme song was written and performed by Cody Johnston. Outro music by Shipwreck Sailor. Thank you so much.